when you interact with patients, you realize that is the only reason that you're doing the research that you do. Hello, and thank you for listening to Theory Lab, the American Cancer Society's research podcast. I'm Joe Cotter, and the person you just heard was Danny Welch, professor and associate director of education at the University of Kansas Cancer Center. I spoke with Dr. Welch and his collaborator, Dr. Doug Hurst, an assistant professor in the Department of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. They collaborated on a paper that's a very important step for cancer research and for cancer patients. Most people who die of cancer die of metastasis. Approximately 90% of cancer deaths are from metastasis. It's essentially when a tumor cell leaves the place it originally started, goes to another tissue, and builds a new colony. It's an incredibly complex process, but Drs. Welch and Hurst have scoured the scientific literature reviewing more than 10,000 publications. And in their paper, they've identified four hallmarks of metastasis, motility and invasion, modulation of the microenvironment, plasticity or adaptability, and the ability to colonize. In our conversation, they explained each of these hallmarks and what it all means for cancer patients. Dr. Hurst began by talking about motility and invasion and how the four hallmarks are intermingled together. When we think about metastasis and we think about a cell has to go from the primary site and accomplish all these steps to get to the secondary site and grow a, a lesion in another organ, we sometimes isolate our discussion to that cell, that one cell that that traverses and, and accomplishes all these steps. And, and we have to remember that it's not just the traits of that single cell, that there's a lot of communication going on with the primary tumor and, and the host cells. Uh, and, and this communication can help or hurt the journey from, you know, the primary tumor. And so, yeah, we think about that single cell being motile, but it's got to be in communication and, and utilize the other cells around it. It's not just using other cancer cells too, either, right? Like sometimes it's just hijacking the all the nice, friendly, good cells in our body to help it move to a different part of the body. Am I characterizing that right? It's using everything that's available to it, and that includes so-called normal cells of of your your body. The, um, a lot of cells are being recruited into the tumor just as much as these tumor cells are invading out. So the first hallmark is being able to move to a different part of the body and invade another part of the body. Would this be overly simplistic to say that the second hallmark is like the ability to make a home in a new place? You're kind of like... Um... Well, actually, if you don't mind. So the earliest cells leaving a tumor move only a, a, a short distance per day. But by modifying the environment they actually create, I term them super highways to the bloodstream or to the lymphatics. So they're communicating in the original tumor and the first cells that leave are like the pioneers in covered wagons. Um, and now we've got uh, interstate highways. They've, they've changed the environment so other tumor cells have it easier. And during that time, they're communicating with the immune system. And those are going and setting up 
to use your analogy, a vacation home in another tissue. They're building indoor plumbing and they're putting a roof on so that there's a place to grow. So that entire process involves the change, the tumor cells changing the environment. But I think the third hallmark that we called was plasticity. And if, if one thinks about tumor cells moving around the body, they're encountering different things almost by the minute. So as you're leaving the first, uh, leaving a tumor, um, you have areas where there's a lot of oxygen, a lot of nutrients, and other areas where there's very little. And if they can't adapt to those different environments, they're, they're going to die. Um, in the bloodstream, it's like, think, think of uh, um, what we all did as kids and maybe still do as adults. When we're driving in a car and have the window open, you put your hand out and it sort of vibrates and blows and that type of thing. And that's what's happening to the tumor cell inside the bloodstream. It's got all this liquid making it change shape. That's another place where it has to adapt. Other, otherwise, they get ripped apart. So when you say plasticity is the third hallmark, is that, could you also say adaptability? is? Yes. Those are pretty much interchangeable terms. And it makes sense because it's moving through... By moving through the body, it's moving through so many different, you know, I think the technical term is stuff that it's getting through. <laughs> you can see it's got to survive in a lot of different... Um, and you said you weren't a scientist. <laughs> You've got the technical terminology down perfectly. Uh, but um, every cell has got to be able to compensate for whatever is being thrown at it. Otherwise, it's not going to do well. That makes sense. And yeah. so motility and invasion, modulating the microenvironment, plasticity or adaptability. What's the last, the final hallmark? The last one is colonization. Uh, and this one's so obvious that everybody has overlooked it for years. I started my career in pharma looking for ways to stop metastasis. And we were looking at all those steps from leaving the tumor, circulating and around and invading and everything else. And we never really had a great deal of success. And then in the discovery of certain um, genes that control metastasis, uh, we identified a few, we meaning several different groups, including Doug's and mine, that the tumor cells get to a, another tissue and then they just sit there. And they can sit there for years and then reemerge later. Um, but just sitting there uh, doesn't make them a metastasis. So uh, this is probably one of the, if I want to use, I don't want to use the word controversial. I think everybody knows it's got to colonize. But the just getting there isn't enough. They've got to do something. They've got to grow. If if uh, a, a woman with breast cancer was diagnosed 20 years ago and she's had absolutely no symptoms, nothing detectable, but then that breast cancer grows in the bone, for example, it's a metastasis now, but before she thought she was cured. So uh, this becomes a theoretical consideration for developing new therapies. If we can keep cells in that dormant state before they ever grow, then a person could live their normal lifespan 
without having problems associated with metastasis. So colonization is taking the new environment and growing in it and disrupting normal behavior of the lung or the brain or the bone or the liver and other tissue. So that makes sense. And it makes me wonder whether our improved technology and our, our like improved capacity for detecting cancer cells could be complicating because you're saying there's a difference between dissemination to a different part of the body and actual metastasis. Well, and that's that's the key that that you bring up is is let's say we can detect a single cell that has disseminated has reached that secondary site. What do we do with that information? And the the next part of what you're saying is is how do we know whether or not that's going to turn into a lesion that's actually going to colonize and 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 form a growth because if we if we really understand this process and we understand the traits of these cells and we can confidently predict that that's not ever going to grow out a patient will do much better not having to go through all these treatments and and live a happy life but then if we if we can understand that maybe that cell will start to grow and um, and will form a lesion, then we know we have to monitor that uh, a little more aggressively and, and possibly go through treatment. And this is kind of gets at a misunderstanding I had about metastasis. I'd always thought of it as like the, the, the final stage of cancer progression, um, but it's, it's, I guess it's not that simple. Metastases, the, the cells that are in that colony can get up and move somewhere else. So there, there are examples that appear to be like they're staging. Cells will go to a lymph node, and then from the lymph node, they can go to the lung. And those kinds of repetitions can influence what's, what's happening. In, an, an interesting point is the most common site of breast cancer metastasis is bone, yet uh, from a clinical, when, when patients are being uh, worked up during surgery, the lymph nodes are what people look at because they're accessible. And the, the question is, do they go to the bone first and then come back to the lymph node? Or do they go to both at the same time? The answer is probably both ways. But That's, uh, I hate that answer. <laughs> the answer to every good question is always both, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, when, when I'm teaching a cancer biology class, one of the things I say on the first day is, I'm going to tell you what will be right 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then that other 10%, all, all the rules are out, out, out the door. You know, I'm – oh, go ahead, Doug. I'm sorry. Well, no, I was just going to sort of follow up. This is what I was what I was saying before. It's not as if once it accomplishes one of these you know, hallmarks or, or steps, it's not finished. So once it colonizes, it's still going to invade. Um, it's still communicating with its surroundings, still modulating the environment. It's still a, adaptable. And, and it's not as if it's a once and done. Okay, I finished invasion. I got to the secondary site. Now that's over. It's it continues, and so you know there's a lot of discussion with targeting strategies. Years earlier, 
a lot of people tried to target invasion to say we can prevent metastasis. And, and now a lot of people are saying, well, it's impossible to target in, to effectively inhibit metastasis by targeting invasion, but we have to remember that's still occurring after colonization. And so maybe it is useful to use invasion inhibitors um, in the clinic, uh, but we just have to use them smartly and understand what we're actually doing when we target these different traits. I keep coming back to why why cancer cells do this and metastasize? And I don't. This is probably not the right way to think about it because I, I'm not a scientist. I don't think about little things. I don't think about cells and molecules. I think about people who have motivations, and they, you know, conscious or unconscious, they have a reason for doing it. So maybe there is no why. But I, I keep wondering, like, why? Why do they have to be so mean and move around? And is it just that they're just um, like everything else, just trying to survive, trying to live? I think a lot of it is that, but I think about why do I go out and, and take a run? You know, I'll go out and run five miles. Why do I do that? I have no idea, but it makes me feel good um, and <laughs> keeps me in shape. Um, why do cells Why do cells metastasize? Um, is it an active process where they want to do it? Are they trying to accomplish something, or is it just that it happens? I don't think anyone can answer that question. Yeah. Maybe Danny can. I, I certainly can't. I often joke when I'm um, teaching that it's almost impossible to answer why questions. Um, so you've asked, uh, we, <laughs> we, we pose the same question as we were trying to define these hallmarks. And probably it's because the body, good news, is attacking the tumor cell. And from an evolutionary perspective, you want to get out of Dodge when everybody's there trying to kill you. Yeah. And if you go somewhere else, um, your chances of making youngins is, is improved. So I think you answered it, but um, the short answer is we don't know. You know, another reason I really enjoyed reading this is because it's not just about the science and trying to advance the biology of it. I'm going to read um, a couple of sentences from it, if that's okay. You write sure. that an additional objective of this review is that the proposed hallmarks of metastasis will provide a conceptual framework that can be used to accelerate development of therapies designed to reduce cancer-related deaths. So you have a really like patient-focused um, approach to this that I really appreciated. And so I wonder, maybe we could um, finish by talking about, and you've touched up on this a little bit, but what do you see as um, next steps or promising avenues or big challenges for patients? That's a big open-ended question, but um, all under the umbrella of patients. I'm going to use the, this, especially since we're talking to you from the American Cancer Society. I started as a volunteer in 1978 trying to teach people about cancer because there was a, a family history and I wanted to understand it from my own perspective, but also to help other people not die of cancer. And then I got a wonderful opportunity to start working in a lab and 
it gave me a focus on something that as a naive person starting to do this, I, I was not aware of even what metastasis was. Mind you, Betty Ford, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, brought cancer out of the closet so that people could actually talk about it. Today, in 2019, people are just beginning to be able to say, I have metastases and not have as much stigma associated with it as uh, they would have had 10, 12 years ago. When you interact with patients, you realize that is the only reason that you're doing the research that you do. And if we take our eye off of the objective of giving people both quantity and quality of life, then we miss the importance of the research that we're doing. It can be small or big um, steps, but uh, the ultimate goal of biomedical research is to, to give people longer, better quality of life. Metastasis is taking both quantity and quality away and if we want to truly uh, achieve the goals, what it, I've forgotten the number, but I think the, the most recent number for the ACS is to reduce mortality by 40% by 2035. Mm -hmm. If we're going to achieve that, we're going to have to get control of metastasis. And, and I'll just feed off of that. You know, you, you ask about what's the next step, what's the, the future hold, and I, what I see is not everybody is going to be the same, and we have to understand, you know, what is the makeup of that individual person, and one, if we identify targets for these, these different hallmarks, that may work, you know, the, the finding a target for for one person, it's not going to work for another person because the makeup is, is so different. And, you know, we talk about how the, these cancer cells are communicating with the normal cells. Not everybody's normal cells are the same. We know they're different. And, you know, we're understanding um, the, the traits of these individuals. And then hopefully we'll have enough targeted therapies that we'll be able to use um, for those people. And Dr. Hurst, you're actually a former ACS grantee. You um, received funding from us, I guess, from 2011 through 2016. The Spin Odyssey Fundraiser and the Hope Foundation helped fund your work. Did, did the ACS grant have an impact on your career? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think pretty much anyone that you talk to that received ACS funding, it, of course, it impacts us, you know, financially. It gets our, for the majority of the people, it helps get your career established. But, you know, the science also, you know, it, in getting that grant funded, allowed us to do some work that, that then we could branch out into some other other areas and well i'm not going to say that your career is metastasized that doesn't seem to have the right implication but <laughs> you sure have grown it has spread. <laughs> it has spread. <laughs> dr welch dr hurst 
I really appreciate you taking time to 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 speak with me today, and and I mean, of course, really appreciate all of that. I can't imagine how long it took you to to collaborate on this review article. I sure am glad you did. So thanks for all you're doing to advance the field, and thanks for everything you're doing to help patients. We really appreciate it. And thank you for this. Uh, and it, it it's been a joy just uh, to try and make some. Uh, impact on the field and hopefully this this uh, review helps with that